that lamb must have been good because Hayden took leftovers. So if anyone knows about Hayden and leftovers, it must have been amazing. I really want to thank the team for all your work. Um, there was a heap of people that came out yesterday during the day and during the week. Uh, Stacy, um, Rach Beattie, um, Hayden and M, and my wife. I think that was all. Um, but really appreciate you guys for the night that you put on. Uh, it was amazing. How are we doing? I just felt this morning during worship, um, before we jump into the Word of God, I had, a, I had a dream a couple of months ago. And in the dream, I think I might have shared this, but in the dream there was a storm. And we were standing outside the church and the storm was whirling. We could see that this hailstorm was coming. And it was chaos. How many know that I remember in the dream, I looked up at the sky and it was green. And I knew something was coming that I was not prepared for. And in that moment in the dream, we're all frantically trying to get cars undercover because we knew that this storm was coming. And I remember in the dream thinking, even if I had 12 months to prepare for this, there's no way I could be prepared because of the look of the sky. And at that moment, I woke up and I said to the Lord, what do I do? And instantly he said, do what Jesus did to the storm. And I felt this morning that maybe you're here this morning and there's stuff going on in your life, in your body, in your relationships. How many know that sometimes things are self-imposed that happen because we make dumb choices? Sometimes there's things because we're living in a fallen world. There's sometimes times in our life where the enemy comes purposely to attack us. And I felt this morning like there was people here that the enemies come purposely to attack you. If that's you, would you stand right now? Because we have authority to break the power of the enemy that would want to come and destroy. There's people standing up here. I just feel this morning that this is a significant time. Maybe, maybe there's things, maybe what you're experiencing right now isn't just the normal thing. You can articulate that this is an attack of the enemy. And I believe this is a significant moment today where that thing that's come to steal, kill and destroy gets broken in the name of Jesus. Church, could you just stretch forth your hands to those? If you're near them, just lay a hand on them. In the authority of Jesus today, we, we speak an end to the enemy that would want to come and steal, kill and destroy. And right now today, we proclaim we proclaim healing, we proclaim restoration, we proclaim the fact that, remember when Jesus was going across the lake and the storm came, it was because there was purpose on the other side. And I believe more than anything this morning that the people that are standing, there is a, there, this is not the end. There is purpose for you and the enemy would want to come and destroy that. And so the authority of Jesus, we break the power of the enemy. We, we break the divisive nature and we speak healing. We speak restoration in the name of Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Sometimes we think that, man, that was a simple, quick prayer, but how many know that we're changing things in the atmosphere? I've seen testimonies and testimonies about what happens when we declare what God has told us to say. At the moment, we're in a series on eternity. And about four weeks ago, how many know that when the Lord's speaking to you, it's not like you can hide? Like, it's pretty obvious when the Lord's speaking. And about four weeks ago, I was talking to some friends and when I rang them up, they would start talking about eternity. And I thought, wow, that was weird. It's not normally the, the, the normal conversation that you talk about. And um, then I would ring someone else a few days later and the, the conversation would end up talking about eternity. I thought, wow, this is interesting. Maybe God is speaking something. And about four weeks ago, I was driving along in Caboolture and I came up a street and there plastered on this brick wall was this, this painted, it was eternity written on this brick wall. And not only did I feel that this was a, a, a confirmation of what the Lord was wanting to speak to me personally, but definitely for our church. How many know that we're living in an environment and a culture that tells us that the 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years is the pinnacle of our existence? But yet the Bible says something very different about that. We're living in a culture that says, hey, work as hard as you can for as long as you can, accumulate as much as you can for a couple of years that we call retirement. And this is going to be the pinnacle of your existence. And I'd like to propose this morning that the Bible says something vastly different than that. I feel the weightiness of God on this series because I feel like, especially in the Western culture, that so often we can be deceived to believe the lie that the life on earth is the end. Because we live in a culture that tells us that. And sometimes if we're not careful, we can live in this culture and we end up like, what's it, frog boiling a frog? You know what I'm talking about. When the frog's in the water and it slowly gets heated up and boils the frog. Without being intentional about it, we can end up all of a sudden adopting the value system of the culture around us that, that is not necessarily lined up with Scripture. When I finished university, I got a job at the Main Roads Department as an engineer and I remember starting there and I was sitting in an office with two other people. One of them was my boss and there was a lot of things that these other people love to do at work apart from work as we were good public servants. And so we used to sit there in the office and we did some work, we, we, we did do a lot of work, but there was other conversations that went on in the office. And, and, and before long, I realized that there was, I was picking up passions of these guys that were not work-related. And one of those was the stock market. And within a few months, I looked up one day and realized that I'd created a ComSec account, I'd bought a personal laptop, and I was buying and selling shares. 
Before that, I never had any interest in the stock market. I never knew anything about it. I had zero interest. But because of the environment that I was in, all of a sudden, I started adopting the value system for the stock market. Now, of course, that was perfect timing. That was right before the GFC. And so uh, I, I, I didn't do too well. But anyway, the point is that, that we can often adopt the value system of environments and cultures that we're within. And this deal of eternity is huge. Our culture is telling us that the time we have on this earth is the pinnacle of our existence. In 1 Corinthians 3, the Apostle Paul paints a quite different picture. He paints a picture where he's talking about the fact that every act, every word, every thought... He talks about that it's represented in a big pile of stuff. And on that day, we're going to stand before the Lord and with this pile of stuff called our life. It consists of the actions, the words, the intents of our heart, our desires. And if we're a believer in Christ, then there's no sin there because the sin issue has already been taken care of. But we will stand before the Lord with this pile and, and the Apostle Paul paints this picture of this pile of stuff called life. And he goes on to describe and he says there's silver, there's gold, there's precious stones. But in this pile, there's also wood, hay and straw. And essentially the Lord lights a match to it and it burns. And whatever's of eternal value remains. Silver, gold, and precious stones. And this pile of stuff that the Apostle Paul talks about is actually reduced to something left that is what we actually get rewarded for. C.S. Lewis says it like this. He says, if you read history, you will find that the Christians who did most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this one. Let me read that again. If you read history, you will find that the Christians who did most for the present world were those who thought most of the next. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this one. In 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about and we're not going to go into all the verses today, but it's great if you can go and read this. But he talks about the fact that for us believers, that there is still a judgment. It's called the believer's judgment. And the fact that we essentially, if, if I was to summarize 1 Corinthians and these, these sections that talk about this judgment, it would be this. What we do with the cross determines where we spend eternity, either heaven or hell. 
However, the way we live determines how we will spend eternity. Did you catch that? If I was to summarize the Apostle Paul and what he says here about the believer's judgment, it would be this. What we do with the cross determines where we spend eternity. But the way we live now determines how we spend eternity. Probably about 10 years ago, we were running the youth group and I, was, I had listened to, a, um, I had seen a, uh, something from Francis Chan about eternity. And so I'm going to practice on you guys again. It didn't go too well at the youth group, so we'll, we'll see how it goes here. You might have seen this before. But Rachel, if you can just grab the end of that rope and just walk around the building. This is quite a large rope. Who would agree this is a long rope? You can get these from the Caboolture Markets. I think they're $2. Of course, after church. So this is quite a long rope, and I'm going to hang on to this end. But I want you to imagine for a second. I want you to imagine for a second that this rope continues around the building, which we're trying to do. But this is, thanks, Pete. This is a long rope. Just, just imagine for in a second that this rope actually continues to touch every single person. That's how long the rope is. Can you imagine that? We can all imagine that. We're going to take it up a notch. Can you imagine that the end of this rope would actually touch every single person's house? How many know that's a long rope? If it, was to, if it was to travel, if the end of this rope was to go on a road trip and travel and touch every single person here's house, that would be a long rope. How are we going with that? We're doing good? All right. Imagine if the end of this rope could do a road trip around Australia. Can we perceive how long this rope would be? It would be a long rope. This is the last one, I promise. Assume that this rope can wrap itself around the world a couple of times. The end of this rope. How many know that's a long rope? Can we imagine how big that would be, how long that would be? It's getting hard to comprehend that. I remember in Sunday school, the teachers used to say, we're going to live with Jesus forever and it used to hurt my brain like when you drink a cold slushy and I remember sitting there thinking oh, I've just got to go kick a soccer ball or something because this is doing my head in the fact of eternity was doing my head in how many know that just assume that this rope like wrapped itself around the world a couple of times that's a long rope now as you can picture the length of this rope just picture right now that the length of the rope is your existence. Thank you. The length of the rope is your existence. And it has no end because like we've said this morning, we will live in eternity. Whether we accept Jesus and live forever in heaven 
or whether we deny the grace of God, He actually sends us to the place where we always wanted to go, which in a place without Him. It's called hell. And so imagine this is an infinity, this is a, this is a limitless rope, and this represents your existence, the time frame of your existence. Can everybody see this green part on the end? This here is our life on earth. This here is when you're born. That there is when you die. Remember that this rope is wrapping around the world a couple of times and continuing. This is the true reality. Because eternity is forever. Society would want to come and tell us, our culture would want to come and tell us, hey, right here, this point here, if you can see that little bump, that's like the pinnacle of your life. I would like to propose this morning that that is not the pinnacle of your life. The Bible tells us something very different. Society and our culture would tell us that if we work really hard in like these couple of millimeters here, We'll get a good job there, we'll get married, we'll have kids. This is the part we're all looking forward to, retirement. We put enough money in our super accounts right there. That little bit between that and the end, that's that little bit there. That's where we're going to enjoy life. That is the pinnacle. How many know that's not what the Bible teaches? That is not actually the truth. The truth is that most people, and often including Christians, we, all we look about is this, and we neglect all of this. Not only does the life we have on earth determine where we spend eternity, but how we live this little bit here actually determines how we spend eternity. Isn't it crazy to think that the Lord has designed it in such a way that how we live this bit is how we spend all this? It's crazy. I don't know about you, but when I think about eternity, it's, it makes me take stock. It makes me think about what is the things that have eternal value. Are we a people that are going to live with purpose or are we going to leave it to chance? Are we going to be people that live with purpose in this time frame? Or are we just going to throw it away to chance? Because this is one of the most important decisions. The issue of where we spend eternity is the most important decision. And secondly, how we spend eternity is crucial. Are we going to understand the truth? Or are we just going to throw it away to chance?
I'm sure you would agree this morning that you want to live a life of eternal purpose. So I ask you the question this morning, what are you building? What type of life are you building? If we can just turn to Matthew chapter 6, I'm going to read a series of, of verses starting in verse 27. Matthew chapter 6, verse 27, this is what it says. Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If this is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. Verse 33, it says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things would be given to you as well. Let me say that again, verse 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Leah, if you could just come up on the keys, we're going to finish in a moment. I want you to remember this rope. Next time you're tying a load down, Next time you're doing your shoelaces up, next time you're using any string, any rope for anything, I want you to remember this. Let's not be deceived. Let's not live in deception that actually believes that the pinnacle of our existence is the years that, the God, that God gives us on earth. Let's be people that see through the words of Jesus, through the biblical truth, that there's actually a eternity. There's actually so much more important than, than, than what, we're, what we're living now. Let's be people that live with eternity in mind. And this is the thought I want to end with this morning. So how do we guarantee a life of eternal value? How do we guarantee on, on that day when we stand before Him, when the pile of stuff is before Jesus and He lights a match to it, how do we guarantee that there's going to be things there that are of silver, gold and precious stones, things of eternal value? How do we guarantee that we're not going to live a life without understanding the truth of eternity. And I think the answer is simple. I think it's His presence. There's something about getting alone with God 
getting this book, opening this book and letting the words speak to us, that all of a sudden changes our value system. There's something safe about the presence of God. There's something safe when we get in these scriptures, when we, we come before Him and we pray and we worship and we, we open the scriptures and we just allow His presence to fill our life. There's something safe about that place because it recalibrates us. It continues to recalibrate us. Like this morning, the presence, His presence here that you're experiencing. That was recalibration this morning. But how many know it's not meant to be once a week? It's meant to be every day. It's meant to be every moment of our lives where we, we come before Him and say, we need you. We come before Him and say, hey, would you do something in my life because there's stuff in my life that I'm picking up that culture and I need to be recalibrated back to the truth of Scripture. The way that we guarantee that on that day we can stand there before Him and not have regrets is a lifestyle close and intimate with Jesus. Because His heartbeat starts to affect ours. His value system starts to affect how we live. And just like my story at the very beginning with my workmates who used to talk about the stock market all the time and then all of a sudden I started to have a value for that. When we get alone with Jesus, this is what happens. All of a sudden we start to think, hey, we can endure things because of the eternal perspective. All of a sudden there's pain. All of a sudden there's disappointment. But we get alone with God and we say, hey, as much as this is real, in comparison to eternity, it doesn't matter. The disappointments, the stuff we're dealing with life, I would encourage you, church, family this morning, if you're in a hectic season right now, which a lot of us are in, Take five minutes. Even if it's five minutes at the beginning of a day and turn your affection towards Him, just allow Him to recalibrate you. Because let's not be deceived. The fact that you're here this morning and still breathing, you still have time. <laughs> this week we, we celebrated a, a life of an amazing missionary in Bangladesh called Vijaya who passed away this last week. And when I heard the news, I thought, wow, what a life just totally devoted to serving God. A person who had that eternal perspective. A person, I believe, last week who stood before, before the Lord with their pile of stuff. And when, when it was consumed, 
there was something there of value, eternal value. Let's be people that live in such a, a realization. Let's not be deceived. I'm just going to finish up now and I just want to pray. Because how many know that oftentimes we need recalibration? We need a tune up. Just while every eye is closed, if that's you this morning, I just, I just invite you to stand right now. As everyone's closing their eyes, maybe the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you this morning and you know you need to put some things in action. There's some things in your life that's like, hey, these aren't a, this, I'm not building a life of eternal value. Maybe you feel like you need to make some changes. If that's you this morning while every eye is closed, I just want, I just want to encourage you to have the courage to stand. I want to pray over you. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never had a relationship with Jesus. You've never experienced that, that forgiveness that He offers. If that's you this morning, I encourage you to stand right now. I want to include you in a prayer of salvation, of coming back to Him. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to wait one more moment. Amen. I'm just going to pray. Jesus, we say again, corporately, we give you our life. I just pray this morning that areas that we need calibration, Lord, we surrender them to you and we say, do your work in our lives. Remove those things and highlight those things that do not have eternal value. Lord, as we come to that place of intimacy with you, Lord, we just pray. And we thank you. We rest assured that the fact that when we get close to you, your heartbeat rubs off on us. Your value system impacts every part of our life. And so, Lord, we, we thank you that we don't have to strive. We don't have to be stressed about what to do and what not to do. But we rest this morning in the arms of a perfect Father. And we just do our bit. We just get close this morning. We just get close this morning because it's the safest place we can be as close to you. I just pray for every person here. I just pray even this week that they would sense your presence to a greater level. Even in the middle of the night as they wake up and they lie in bed, that they would just sense your tangible presence resting upon them. Lord, that would be people that out of that intimacy with you affect our world for the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen.